The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. Welcome in, everybody. A very impromptu, uh, barely a podcast live that we're we're just streaming live here. I wanted to get EJ's quick reactions and why don't I just share those with the world as opposed to just keeping those all to myself on a, on a text message. So uh, EJ, thanks for uh, taking a quick break to talk about uh, a very active day by Ryan Poles on waiver wire day. Indeed. I am glad to see it. The roster needed it. Uh, we were all hoping for it. I don't know that we necessarily saw the positions uh that we'd like we could talk about that but i'm glad to see the activity this is not a top of the nfl roster this is a bottom five or six in the nfl roster and there's a lot of talent out there that got set free really happy to see polls and staff go be active calling through that list finding folks that can help the bears uh in many cases this year and if you make a claim on the waiver, that is to the active roster, correct? So this is going to result in six players being cut from the active roster, or at least five, right? One player, uh, we think Nikhil Harry probably goes on IR. Um, so I think that that saves one of those spots. Maybe there's another spot in there that that goes to the uh, an injury designation um, at some point to return. But there's going to be a few players that made the roster yesterday that are going to be released, and you know potentially there's a, a practice squad spot for them. But you know that's that. Snip snap kind of thing that happens here at the waiver deadline. With if you're on the bubble, you're not necessarily safe, particularly for a team like Chicago, who is going to be active on the. We were hoping would be active on the wire. We didn't know. We don't have any data on Ryan Poles, but uh, so far so good with that. Uh, so let's let's go through some of these guys. Let's do some quick hitting. We'll have more time for deeper analysis. But you've you've you know studied all these guys when they're coming out in the draft. Let's start with the big headliner. That's Alex Leatherwood, uh, first round pick last year. I remember talking about Leatherwood on the lead up. Neither one of us necessarily thought he would go that high. It looked like a little bit of a, a higher uh, draft pick than than what maybe his profile suggested. But this is giving up on a guy with a ton of talent real early. So what can you tell us about Leatherwood? Uh, you nailed it. This is a guy that has a ton of talent. He's not unlocked it at the NFL level. Um, I think probably a better guard than a tackle. That's the question on everybody's mind is where is he going to play in the NFL? His tape at tackle has been not great, and that might be putting it nicely. He's had a lot of struggles there. He, by all accounts, I've you know never had the chance to meet him or talk to him, but folks that have, including Duke Mannyweather, talk about a player that is extremely cerebral, very, very smart player, inquisitive, understands the game, 
And sometimes, as you know, reaching those players can be difficult. The mesh between coach and player when the player is extremely smart um, has to be a certain way. It's not better or worse. It's just different. And for whatever reason, uh, look, yesterday was a was a bloodbath for the Mayock Gruden draft pairing in Las Vegas. It was kind of the final destruction of a lot of their choices. And that legacy uh, is is really poor and will go down in history as one of the worst. Leatherwood sort of gets caught up in that. New regime doesn't have any ties to him. Uh, lots of talent there. Interesting to see if it can be unlocked. I think it should be at guard, uh, given what he's put on tape so far in the NFL. And I do think he has a real chance to succeed there if the offensive line coaching staff in Chicago can find that unlock. We are not talking about an untalented guy here. He was a first-round pick for a reason, um, probably a little bit too high in, in our opinion, like you said, pre-draft. But this is not a guy that would have lasted through the second round. That's a legitimate NFL level of talent. Be really interesting to see if the Bears can plug it in on the interior and get something there. If they do, it's a massive value. You get the guy basically for free. So um, interesting, fascinating to see <laughs> the new coaching staff pick him up. Uh, yeah. There's certainly a space for him. It's not like the Chicago offensive line is overflowing with talent right now. And if they hit, they're going to look like geniuses on this one. If not, you know, no big deal. Probably a corresponding move with one of the rookie guards that they got late in the draft, like a Jatir Carter or Zach Thomas, uh, that feel like maybe they could bring back on the practice squad. Um, so we'll look for that corresponding move there. I want to move on to Armani Watts, uh, division rival cut here, um, guy that, uh, you know, the Vikings fans liked. Uh, what do you know about him? Where does he kind of fit into this uh, defensive line rotation? First to clarification, not Armani Watts, Armin Watts. So Armani oh. Watts safety uh, out of, uh, I want to say, Texas A&M. And Armin Watts, uh, who I really like, nose tackle or let's just say defensive tackle out of Arkansas. I played for the Vikings, as you said, is familiar with the division, was a surprising cut to me given that on the initial depth charts and we all know those are a bit wonky in the offseason the vikings had him as a starter so something happened between then a few weeks ago and now where they thought either they could sneak him onto the practice squad or you know they just didn't want him for some reason i i don't really understand that because if you look at the tape you see a guy that has really good hands good pop good punch um is uh, has great ball vision on the inside. That's one of the things that stands out about his game to me is he's never uh, not locked on whoever has the ball. He's not a guy that gets fooled by fakes, not a guy that gets fooled by play action, works his way back into holes uh, to make stops. Not much of a pass rusher, but in terms of like straight pass rushing talent on the interior defensive line, not typically guys you're going to see getting cut. Uh, I think I'm, low-key excited about this this is an under the radar pickup where he's going to eat a lot of downs on that interior defensive line for the bears this year and he's going to be able to do that right away be fascinating to see where they place him in that new defensive front that came with them from indianapolis um either way this is a talented young player good hands good power good vision on the inside clogs up running lanes the bears need all that i'm surprised they got him but i'm happy about it 
Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to give Lesser a hard time for having a <laughs> having a, the name typed wrong in the article. So I already I already shot him a text. Um, <laughs> I, I I mean uh... I. Anyway, does Armand Watts? It's it's now corrected. So let's talk about defensive back Josh Blackwell. What do you what do you have on him uh, that we should know about? Anything nothing major. Okay. Nope. I'm uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I have nothing on Josh Blackwell, and my I'm surprised. This is what you said at the top: is that these are active roster spots. You can't grab these guys and stash them directly on the on the practice squad. That's how these right. claims work. I'm uh, interested in what they saw the new coaching staff. What they saw from Josh Blackwell that said he is markedly better than anything we have in the secondary right now because he hasn't stood out that way to me. I'm certainly going to go back and take a look uh, at what Philadelphia, you know, where he played in the preseason. I can go back and look at those games. And, you know, they just brought on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, so they they had to do the same thing. They had to bump a guy off. Uh, and, you know, it seems like that guy's probably Blackwell among others. But, um, no, don't have anything yet. More later. Uh, you said kind of the same thing about uh, Trevin Wesco. Didn't have much on him. It was pretty curious that the Bears only kept a couple tight ends on the on the initial 53. Kind of anticipated maybe something like this was going to happen. Obviously, Tongas has uh, has the fullback and uh, tight end, you know, split roles here. So curious if he still sticks or if this is maybe uh, a spot where he gets that roster spot taken from him and maybe comes back on the. So again, we don't know the corresponding moves yet, but uh, tea leaves to be read there. Um, I, I mean, I read this name and I thought it was the opposite. So is this correct? <laughs> is it Kingsley, Jonathan, not Jonathan Kingsley? It is. Okay. Uh, you got this correct. This is the other edge uh, that came out of Syracuse a couple of years ago, defensive end edge. Um, he was the heavier player on that tandem uh, when they came out. His his buddy Alton Robinson is, is in Seattle as a Seahawk. Um, I thought he had good tape. I thought he was a borderline draftable player when he came out. It, definitely a developmental guy, a guy that's going to be in this position, bottom of the roster, practice squad, on, off, up to the big club back down to the practice squad that kind of thing has some skills i you know haven't tracked his development in buffalo but again buffalo has a very talented defensive line they don't have spots for guys like this right now because they've gone out and gotten the von millers of the world if you got a choice between von miller and a developmental de from syracuse you dump this guy down they probably hope they could get him back to the practice squad Turns out that Ryan Poles and staff said, mm, I think he might be better than who we have. Again, interesting to me that they would bump one of the active spots. I don't think the defensive line is super undermanned for the Bears, unlike some other units on the team. So a uh, little curious from that direction. I liked him, didn't love him. We'll see how he develops and how he fits into their plan. Uh, last of the six, Sterling Weatherford. Great name. Great name. And then I saved this one for last because I know that you're excited about this guy. Really excited about this. This was this was the one that sort of made me jump up and go, what? I just watched, uh, rewatched uh, the last Colts preseason game. Uh, I think it was on uh, late Sunday night or last night. And um, Sterling Weatherford popped in that game. This is a safety from Miami of Ohio. Um, so this is Dominique Robinson's teammate. And a big safety. He's 225 and can run. Compares very favorably to Kyle Hamilton, the safety that was talked about at the top of the draft. Ended up going to the Ravens from Notre Dame. 
physically they are cut from the same cloth. They are the same size. Uh, Weatherford is faster in some of the agility measurements. They have a very similar top speed. Weatherford is a hitter coming forward from the secondary is that big safety rangy model. Honestly, the best position comparison would be the position that Brian Erlacher played at New Mexico, that rover position, which was way ahead of its time, the sort of heavy safety guy that can run, be all over the field. Many people projected Weatherford as a linebacker moving into the league. Um, I think he's a bit of a hybrid. He's that heavy third safety that you can play up around the line. He is a dimebacker that you can drop in in the middle to cover people because he's fast enough. Um, dropping him straight in man-to-man -man coverage is not what you want to do necessarily, but around the line, uh, little quick ins, outs, hooks from tight ends, things like that, and especially ranging to the edge against wide zone runs. He is a hammer. He will blast the back. He's really going to be a special teams weapon right away, um, much like Jack Sanborn. He's going to be a you know big, heavy guy that knows how to hit running down the field. So the special teams coaches are going to love him right off. But I'm fascinated as to where they will work him into the base or, well, we're really just calling base defenses right now because he had a lot of plays in that last game where he popped. Great range, good instincts, good hitting, wrapping up, tackling. He was all over the place. And I made a comment about it on Twitter and said, man, Sterling Weatherford is showing some things. So I was a little surprised that the Colts let him go and kept Jojo Doman, who's a similar player that they got from Nebraska, kind of a big safety linebacker hybrid. Um, I thought Weatherford had better tape than Doman in the preseason. But again, we don't get to see all the things that go on in practice. I think the Colts thought they could stash him. I don't think they thought he was going to get claimed. And, you know, many of their compatriots who are now on Eberflus' staff in Chicago went, uh-uh, we can use that guy. He's better than what we've got. This one doesn't surprise me at all, and I'm really excited. Weatherford's going to stay on, quote-unquote, the big club. He's going to stay on the 53 as a core, probably four-phase special teamer, and going to be really valuable as a sub when the Bears go to that sort of heavy dime package. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that as we get into the regular season. And then I have a little bonus for you. I think you probably saw this, but we need to at least address that the Bears signed Kellen Deesh, however you say that name, to the practice. No! Got an instant reaction from EJ. That's why I didn't tell you before we started. No, I didn't see yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, came through. Oh, this is amazing. This is tremendous. I have hammered for this, as you know. Uh, throughout the pre-draft season, got to see Kellen in person at the Shrine Bowl. That's when I really got sort of more familiar with this game. I hadn't watched a ton of ASU offensive line tape before last January. Kellen Deej, extremely mobile tackle. Doesn't He looks like a tight end. He doesn't look at all over 300 pounds. In fact, I had to like triple check the weights when I got to the Shrine Bowl because I was like, look, he moves really well. He looks like a basketball forward. That's cool, but he's not big enough. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's, you know, he's like 305, 308. When he, and I was like, he can't be 300 pounds. They're like, no, he's legit 300 pounds. Moves extremely well um, for a zone running attack, which we've seen much more of out of the Bears, out of Luke Getze and his offense. This was a guy I was absolutely pounding the table for as someone you should look at him. A lot of people might say, oh, ASU, if you're scouting helmets, no tackles come out of ASU. Well, he's not really ASU. He's only sort of ASU as the cherry on top. He's Texas A&M, played four years at Texas A&M, and then got his grad transfer and went to Arizona State. So um, here's, the, here's the tweet. I'm just showing it. Yeah. I mean, 
I haven't seen it in other places, but like, let's at least like show that this is where I'm getting it from. And it was, right. it was shared in a, a chat with us. So this, it, it's got a check mark. It looks official to me. I um, hope it's I'm, right. I'm covering because... myself here just in yep. case. I understand wrong. that this um, is but, a straight but... CYA move, but um, yes. <laughs> I will, I'll be talking with Travis Wingfield, who's a Dolphins broadcaster. Uh, Travis and I go back and forth all the time. And he was really excited when Kellen D signed with, with the Dolphins. Uh, as a UDFA, he knew I'd been excited about him. He asked me about him. We had a conversation uh, that ended up getting put into Travis's pod, the drive time pod for the Dolphins. And uh, he will be sad, I think, uh, if this turns out to be true. I will be thrilled. This is a great young developmental tackle on the practice squad. Is a perfect place for him. Uh, don't know why he wasn't drafted. Had the skills to be drafted for sure. Um, his movement skills are rare. You do not see tackles that pull completely to the other side of the formation and wipe out linebackers on the move. Deach does it all the time. Like he is rare in terms of how well he moves. Like I said, he looks like a basketball forward, but he's well over 300 pounds and, you know, played in the sec for four years. This is, this is a guy with skills that could work his way in. Even if it works out as a swing tackle, um, that's, that's amazing. That makes my whole day right there. I would I I specifically did not tell you before we started recording because I was like, there might be a chance that this didn't catch his eye yet. So I wanted to get a live I a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things flying it. around today. I had not seen that one. So thank you for letting me know because that boy, that's a guy I really like and am thrilled that he ended up on the Bears. I hope he sticks. He certainly has the talent to. We'll see, but um, great, great get. And uh, Eric Galco will be thrilled too because Deesh was one of his favorites. Trump. Yeah, I remember talking about him in the draft process, and you know, even before day three, I think we had a little conversation about. Eh, yeah. You know, um, he's still there. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you for hopping on here, EJ. We're gonna get back to our lives. There's gonna be more breakdown of this stuff. You know, later we'll talk more about this, particularly as we see starting lineups come out and where these guys fit in down the line. But this is exactly what we wanted to see out of Ryan Poles and his first waiver wire. I. I was shocked to see six, right? But this is yeah. exactly what we wanted to see was active churning of the lower part of the roster. Get in talented guys. See if they're a better fit for your squad. Um, fantastic stuff. Uh, really excited to really dive in more to some of these players and uh, get the regular season going. We're, we'll get Bears over beers uh, back on track here and uh, and going into our new direction with that show. Uh, I've got a lot of other shows on the, on the channel that are going to pop. Hopefully you guys checked out Lester's first video uh, of Sackwatch oh, yeah. that, that's on the channel here. Um, tons of good stuff coming your, your way, guys. And uh, thanks for joining us for this little pop-up, uh, barely a podcast uh, live stream. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you soon, guys.